So you're talking about um, statistics with stillbirth before. So another dawning statistic that we've researched is they haven't really over the past two decades like the rate of stillborn hasn't mm-hmm. changed in Australia mm-hmm. and still the leading cause of death in Australia for children under the age of 14 mm-hmm. so with those two statistics like we were just discussing it is um, so alarming that like, this discussion has been kept so quiet and mm. so what is your foundation doing to change sort of that mentality around mm-hmm. the topic yeah and look you know wake up Australia this is yeah. ridiculous we it's not okay. We have an amazing medical system. How are we all right with, you know, six babies dying every day with, um, you know, one in every 135 pregnant women having to, to leave a hospital with empty arms and yeah. to give their baby back? This is not okay. And mm. we should be up in arms about it. So um, we do a lot, actually, um, far more than people probably realize, but it comes down to a lot of advocacy. So we have lots of different pillars in our organization. And the key one is that everything we do is for the consumer and by the consumer. So when before we go out and say, okay, we're going to deliver this information and this is what you know mums want, this is what dads want to hear and I'm going to go do this, we make sure that that actually is what they want to hear mm-hmm. and that it is delivered in a way that is um, sensitive to the bereaved parent but easily um, um, you know, exchanged with an expectant parent so as not to cause fear but rather to create empowerment. We actively lobby to the government. In fact, still aware are the reason um, that that actually stillbirth is on the government agenda, and you know it's it's organisations like ours absolutely pounding the pavement and knocking on doors and saying we have to put this on the policy agenda. And since still aware has existed, we now have the government um, committing to stillbirth being at, well, even actually the first time they talked about it um, was a you know amazing politician in. Um, in South Australia, Nicole Flint was the first person who's talked about it in in um, politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was minuted and suddenly the word was out there. Mm-hmm. And so to try and get them to bring it light on it was really important. So that was a huge win. Yeah. And then the government committed to making it uh, a mandation for change. What they now need to do is mandate that as a everyone has to do that in a, in a um, yeah. uh, health space, mm-hmm. in a pregnancy care space. And so we'll continue to pound that pavement with government and to advocate for families so that we can see the stillbirth rates change. We also are an organisation that's very, very um, dedicated to um, research-backed evidence-based advice. So we have a clinical advisory board, all who volunteer their time, that are worldwide so some here in South Australia, for example, some others in Manchester, for example. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the the leaders in their field saying, yes, that is the most current research. And actually, no, we know this now and let's change this and we have to add this. Um, so what we actually do is we provide education for free to um, all expectant families. So giving them the tools that they might not get in antenatal care and easy to digest tools. Mm-hmm. And we also provide clinical education. So for anyone from a doula to a doctor, so anyone who's involved in any connection with a a pregnant woman and caring for her through her pregnancy, that they are armed with this information. So anyone can come along to that and um, be part of that in a clinical sense. We talk about um, stillbirth openly. We actively um, give them the reasons and the risks behind it so that we can hopefully reduce it. Um, and still aware is is you know the voice of of the parent in pregnancy. So um, we of course provide support post loss, and that is inevitable. But our focus and our remit is on preventative health. And so we, what do we do to to see that change? Um, is we work our butts off mm-hmm. <laughs> to make sure that our programs are the best 
and that people want to take them on and um you know we keep keep on keep on plugging and even um with people naysayers who say oh stillbirth's not a thing it doesn't really matter there's nothing we can do about it it's about re-educating helping them to change habits and having those targets and um, going to achieve them yeah yeah our our organization you know the programs that i've created through education with our um, volunteer boards mm-hmm. um have actually been adapted overseas too so yeah. that's a huge huge that's amazing, um, amazing yeah. yeah thing for us so pregnancy can sometimes be a very daunting experience for a female and yep. can also be for fathers as well mm-hmm. um what can males do mm-hmm. to be more involved with pregnancies well actually this is um what the tools that we give in terms of playing with your baby every day yep. are exactly that mm-hmm. so often um partners can feel very disconnected because you know, you're the one who's feeling everything as a mother and you're the one who gets to have that baby and right, I don't have anything to do with it until after it's born and even then really probably not until it's stopped breastfeeding. (laughs) So um, that's not true. Um, There is plenty of things that they can do. And in fact, um, baby's development, it plays a key uh, critical thing in this too. So a baby's uh, hearing is completely developed in the middle of pregnancy and it's babies have been shown to turn their head in the direction of... um, Uh, noises that they like or or recognize Mm -hmm. so what partners can do dads and partners can do is talk to their baby and you will see if the baby responds to you differently than it does to mum it's really important that you do that because not only will that help for bonding post delivery but your baby will then be able to interact with you and know that you're a safe space you're actually helping to benefit your baby's own health and well-being and feeling of safety once they know you they know you and you're helping them to get to know you just because they can't see you yet they can hear you and they can feel you in the same way that we share an awesome video um with uh expectant mums and dads and one of them is is of a pregnant belly and the mum rubs her belly and the baby does nothing (laughs) and then the the dad comes in a little bit um, you know, pokey, mm. but he pokes the belly and the baby kicks back. And every time he pokes the belly, the baby kicks back. And it's beautiful. It's a great interaction and playtime that is just something special with, in that case, dad and baby. Yeah. So there is things that they can do to get to know their child and to help with that um, active playtime and monitoring a baby's movement. So that if that doesn't happen, and that's something they do routinely, and in that that man's case where that father was pushing, if the baby didn't kick back like it always did, then that's a reason to go in and get checked because that's a change in that baby's pattern of movement. So they can be very involved in protecting and being the father um, or the partner, the, the other parent that they mm-hmm. need to be. Yeah. Um, and in the same way, being there to encourage mum to act. Mm. So to, you know, check in. Have you done, you know, you played with the baby today? You know, how have the movements been? And encouraging her that if you see her starting to fall asleep on her back, just roll her over. Yeah. You know, please settle to sleep on your side. It's sleeping safely for bubs and, you know, I'll keep you safe. And being her her um, confidant and somebody that you can, she knows that you're journeying this together. Because yeah. it's actually not just about, you know, soft massages, candlelight and the delivery. Yeah. You're actually preparing yourself for the way you're going to parent mm-hmm. later on. So there's lots of ways dads can be involved and partners can be involved. But this is our tools that we have through Still Aware actually um, help to form that bond. Yeah, awesome. So another sort of event that you've sort of created is Birthday for Babies. Yes. And it's an event you create to honour stillborns and it mm-hmm. always falls on Alfie's birthday. Yeah. 
So can you just sort of tell us a bit more about why you created the event and sort of why it's so important to the cause? Sure. I'm not sure I should have done it on Alfie's birthday <laughs> because it means every birthday I have to have this massive party for her. <laughs> um, look, I the reason it ha- fell on her birthday is because Still Aware is not... I didn't call I, I didn't call it, you know, Alfie's charity for a reason because yep. it's not about her. And in the same way that Birthdays for Babies isn't actually about her, um, it's for all babies that don't get to celebrate their birthday. But I really did feel like I wanted her to have a connection to it. And so that's why I chose um, the 12th of February. Because when her first birthday was, um, you know, coming close, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what do you what do you do on the first birthday of a um, stillborn baby? Mm. You know, and I looked everywhere and there wasn't really anything. It was all very sad, you know, very, you know, based on um, somber remembrance and yeah. reflection and... Really, yeah, it was about grief, and I'm like, no, man, I want to celebrate my baby. Like, she is amazing, even if she isn't here. Um, Mm -hmm. what I would be having a party and going to the nth degree, and she wouldn't remember a thing, but I would have all my friends there and would be, you know, having wine and you know, being at a picnic or whatever. Mm. So, I wanted to create that family friendly vibe, that safe space of celebration in amongst sorrow. Um, but also with sensitivity to bereaved parents. So it's a it's an event that's for all people to attend so that we can celebrate the little lives that don't get to celebrate for themselves. Um, and the whole premise of that was because, hey, why don't they get a chance to have a party? And why don't we get... And it's a safe spot where particularly those... Um, there are families who don't get to say their child's name, you know, and even if it's 75 years down the track, 45 years down the track, or one year in they can come and celebrate their child's life and talk about their baby openly in a, in a, in a space that is totally safe um, and happy yeah. in, in the space of grief. We also do a live butterfly release, which is really beautiful um, so that they can, you know, we, we send the butterflies to go on, you know, into the sky and it's very symbolic and, um, you know, they go and find their space amongst the trees around us and flutter around us. And it's very, it's beautiful because the butterfly itself is is a pretty amazing um, yeah. you know yeah. insect. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> is that basically you know it, it beca- it's a caterpillar and then it, it goes into a cocoon, it turns to mush, yeah, and then it becomes this amazing beautiful butterfly and emerges from its cocoon. And much like stillbirth, a baby is in utero for for nine months, and mm. you know in Alfie's case nine months and. Um, you know, is beautiful and perfect, but gains their wings far too soon and mm-hmm. doesn't get to hang out and stay with us. So, the the whole concept around that um, rebirth is is really beautiful and yeah. something that we use to symbolise those children that aren't with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone's welcome to come to the party yeah. on the twelfth of February, um, wherever you are in Australia. Have your own birthdays for babies. Yeah. Still aware continues to accomplish incredible results in the area of stillbirth. You can read more about Stillaware's mission and Claire's story online at www.stillaware.org and through their social media accounts, which can be found on the Stillaware website. Let's get back to Claire. So in 2017, your family was hit with another tragedy, mm-hmm. um, the loss of your incredible father, Robert. Mm-hmm. At your father's memorial service, something that stood out to me um, was the relationship that he shared with not only his family, but his son-in-laws as well mm-hmm. and his closest friends. Mm-hmm. What do you think uh, it was about your dad that made him build such strong relationships with those around him. Hey, thanks for being there. That was really, that's really nice. Oh, no worries. Um, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, he, look, he was a pretty amazing man. Um, 
and it still doesn't feel real. I know that, what are we now in 2020? Um, that's going really fast. And so it'll almost be um, three years and it does feel like yesterday, but it also feels like there's a massive hole without him here. Yeah. Um, dad, you know, fondly known as Bob to all his, you know, um, colleagues, but Robert to everybody in his family life. Yeah. Um, but dad was, you know, we got to call him dad. That was pretty awesome. Um, he lived multiple lifetimes in his lifetimes. He'd never, I don't actually remember ever seeing him, um, sit down, just watch a movie. <laughs> like, and like, I never walked into their house and saw him just sitting down and, you know, watching TV and mind numbing TV. Yeah. Sure. He loved the footy and, you know, but he was always like, that's very active. You don't really just yeah. sit and watch the no, football. You're like, no, really yeah. into it. But, um, he, he made the most of every moment like literally made the most of every moment. He made every single person feel important and he heard everybody. So whether it be somebody who, you know, um, is, you know, down and out and, you know, really, you know, wearing no shoes and is living on the street, dad would have time and he, you know, this bloke wants to come talk to him. Dad took the time and he spoke to him the same way that he spoke to the, the prime minister of Australia. He gave them the same level of respect and through that, he, he, he had an innate ability to make people feel important mm. um, and listen to. He never just swanned in and swanned out. It was never about him. Mm. He knew what questions to ask. He allowed people the opportunity to speak. Um, and, it, you know, he found interest in every single thing that somebody spoke about. He found something to debate about or he found something that, you know, everybody's an expert, sure, mm. on themselves, but on something else. And he literally... Um, you know, he was a, a beacon of light in mm-hmm. so many people's lives and he certainly got a lot of people out of um, really bad times mm-hmm. and he was an incredible support. He was also a very forgiving man. Um, if if somebody, you know, um, put him the wrong way or did something bad by him, if they apologised, he forgave and he just allowed them back into his life and, you know, yeah, okay, let's let's work through this. What do you need? What can I do for you? He was never... Nothing was ever too much for him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, big, big hole without him in, in this world. As he's, they, they lost a, a, everybody, including us, lost a big man. You yeah. mentioned um, on the Still Aware page that Alfie's was the butterfly. Yes. Is your dad's symbolic... He's the pelican. pelican. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What's the idea <laughs> like, around? Where's yeah. that come from? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's actually really beautiful. Dad, um, he was really fun. So he, uh, with all of the grandkids and even with us, like we had the, you know, the lolly man. I don't know about you guys, but did you know that if you shout abracadabra, calamanadra, didgeridadgeridoo over the, over a roof of a house on a clear night with a few clouds, lollies fall out of the sky. <laughs> so like he literally created magic and he made everyone believe children that he could talk to animals. Yeah. And Peter Pelican was the biggest part of that um, he was somebody that, that this pelican was always around and every time and still to this day um, as soon as we see a, pel- a pelican at um, High Marsh Island or mm-hmm. anywhere even yeah. now down near West Beach or we're driving past the kids like wind down the window and we wind down the window and they shout out and say Peter it's <laughs> it's Archie it's Ada it's mum you know Peter say hi to Pa and like so it's beautiful the reason the pelican um, came into it is because he created the magic with mm-hmm. it, and Peter Pelican was a pivotal, the p- pivotal character in all his yeah. kids' stories. So it seems that you know that he that just 
spill into it. Yeah. And they're quite a marvellous creature, kind of terrifying. Yeah. They're really oh, huge yeah, when you get close to them. Um, but, um, yeah, I certainly believe in in signs and, and things. And, you know, um, we've certainly got lots of signs with Alfie, with the butterfly um, symbolism. Um, and even at his funeral, and you might not have seen it, but um, it's very unusual for a pelican to fly past the Adelaide Oval and behind um, the stage, but the, there was there a, was one on the oval or something. There was a pelican yeah. like yeah. hanging around the um, the oval in the city. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in the city, mm. like at, at the Adelaide Oval. Like, yeah, I mean, what's it looking for? Yeah. So I think that symbolism um, is really beautiful for us, and we see the pelican as a sign to say hi, Dad. It's just a reminder that he's still around. With whatever belief you have in this world, um, you know people live on through your memories of them and boy do we have some really good memories yeah. of him I haven't yeah. really thought of it until now but your I've, your house in uh, West Beach there's that pelican that's down yes. the road on that yeah yeah on the, yeah. Yeah, on the um, stilt yeah yeah absolutely and we now have um, a beautiful pelican statue that um, uh, was and we you know have his ashes near that too so that's really that's really nice that's and, beautiful yeah. Yeah. he um yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty special. But we have yeah, pelicans everywhere, and I didn't yeah. realize how everywhere. Like even when I was um, driving between Melbourne and Geelong once for a work trip, and I, um, you know, I was chatting on the phone, and it was a very, it was a quite a um, serious conversation, and you know, it wasn't great news um, relating to to stillbirth prevention and things. And Dad was a big pivotal part and helped. He was an amazing advisor. And I just needed that advice, and I saw a pelican, like fly. You know, man, I'm on the highway, you know, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. There's yeah. like no. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and there's this huge pelican, and I was in the car with somebody, and they lived in Geelong, and I said, oh, there's a pelican, and she said, I've lived in Geelong for 13 years, and I've never seen a pelican <laughs> here. So I think, you know, despite what you think, it's nice for us to have those signs, sure. and so yeah. I. You know, I certainly encourage people to look for the little things, look for the little signs that keep give you hope. Yeah. So you don't feel so lost. So obviously your father was he was taken suddenly and mm. without warning. Yes. So so how did that suddenness of his death affect the family? Yeah, massively. I think um I think I mentioned to you before he was the glue, you know, for all of us. So, um yeah, it's still it was a shock and it still is actually. Yeah. Um and I find it interesting People go, oh, good, you know, you'd be over it by now. It doesn't, like I said to before, it's the same thing. You know, grief doesn't, um, it doesn't stop. Somebody, there's no somebody doesn't, yeah, yeah, there's no timeline. Everyone does it differently. And that was the other thing that we, um, we all respected each other's own space and grieving space. Um, you know, some of us went into, you know, um, you know, they literally couldn't cope mode. Others went, you know, bang on and were just, you know, trying to get things done and went into this sort of, right, I've got to act and do things and make sure this all happens. Um, some of us were really chatty and coped with it, you know, incredibly, incredibly well at the time. And But the grief catches you off guard all the time. And But not a day goes by that I don't talk to Dad. Yeah. Um, because he was a pillar of strength and had some amazing advice, it's not hard to go, hey, what would you do, right? He would do this in this situation. And just to, but to allow yourself that time just to, to think and to breathe is really important and look that's something that I certainly you know still need to do in terms of coping with his his death and I have it hasn't sunk in yet mm-hmm. and I'm not sure when it will if it will um but it's a pretty yeah it's a pretty drastic thing to lose that 
hero in your life yeah. um, and he wasn't just our hero and he was everyone's best friend I couldn't believe how many people contacted us saying, oh, yeah, I am your dad's best friend and you know I was like oh wow everyone thinks that they're his yeah. best friend mm. because he made you feel like yeah. that yeah. You know? and maybe he, everyone was his best friend yeah. you know but I think that was really wonderful that people can feel so close to him even after having so few conversations yeah um, yeah his ability to befriend somebody and give them his gift of joy of life it, you know he was definitely taken too soon but um he he's got a lot he had a, he lived a lot of life yeah yeah sure so as you're saying he's lived a lot of life he was on he was the chairman of the entertainment mm-hmm. center he was the former chair of so tourism he was a board member of your foundation still aware yes he was a board member of the adelaide football club and they're just some of his career highlights yes and it's clear that he had a um sort of a lasting impression on the as a business professional mm-hmm. in the South Australian business sector. But however, as the head of your family, yes. as you've called him the glue, so what legacy do you think he's left behind? Yeah, look, I think he's reminded us that we all need to have fun and um, to be kind to ourselves. I think um, there was never, he never, ever, ever didn't make time for us. He was never, ever too busy for his family. I mean, we we went through a lot as a family and through business, He he went through a lot, you know, to the point of um, where someone could declare bankruptcy, he didn't. You know, he he pulled himself out of something and um, you know from nothing and created. He you know he was in he was a creator, an inventor of ideas, and mm-hmm. he saw the ideas through. And he he was a risk taker, um, and he was incredibly successful. But when I say successful, sure, he was an incredibly successful businessman, and he um, leaves a, a great business legacy, as you said. But I define success in a different way that he, you know, he was our um, patriarch um, and he's left that behind. Like we haven't, we haven't lost ourselves in this because he has created this huge foundation of family Mm -hmm. um, and showed us what the importance of being there for each other is. So, um, you know, in terms of our legacy, he's taught us to be better parents. He's taught us to be better people. And, you know, it's because of him, you know, that we trust ourselves that we back ourselves that we feel like we can physically do anything mm-hmm. without him I, I wouldn't you know i wouldn't have um taken half of the risks that i have i wouldn't have felt so confident that i could succeed so in my version of success is is happiness and and love and family and feeling safe yeah and he certainly provided that um safety of, of family and feeling loved i think that's all that's all we all really want is to to feel truly as though we, we are okay and that we, we're loved, you know, beyond measure exactly as we are. And he, he provided that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Your family's gone through such heartache and the way you've all sort of persevered through certain tragedies is sort of an inspiration to everyone that's that's uh, sort of been on the outskirts. But just recently, your younger sister, Celeste, mm-hmm. she's announced the impending arrival of the latest addition to yes. the Ford family. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, we truly wish like you and your family all the best in the coming months and we'll be watching what your foundation still aware is doing as you continue your incredible work you. in the space and, and raising awareness and educating sort of families on, on the subject of stillborns. Yeah. Awesome. So thank, thank you, you so much, much guys. Thank you. And this is awesome what you're doing, so keep it up. Thank Thanks you so much. Thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoyed the show. And remember to subscribe and leave a review.